I'm going to do my best not to succumb to the yawn, although I can feel one coming on right now. It just happens. Ah, yes. What a day. Yes, it's one of those. But I get a lot done. And Well, in my mind, I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I have some ceilings in my house that are like 16 feet high. Uh, which is nice for decorative, but if you have a chandelier, like I do, you come in through my front door, and the ceiling immediately vaults. Um, because on each side of... Uh, excuse me. On each side of the foyer uh, area, like, you know, the foyer is when you first walk through a door, there's an area. Well, I have a, it's a foyer. <clears throat> so if you walk through my front door, you're in the foyer. If you go left, you go into the living room, and there's a dormer. Oops, I screwed up. You go in the living room, there's a vaulted ceiling. <clears throat> but it's an angle. It's not a, it's not a gable. It's just an incline, like a shed roof. When you walk through the front door, whew, right above your head, <clears throat> like 16, 17 feet up, is a gable to let light in. So the, it lets natural sunlight in through a gable. Oh, I'm a, a dormer. Yeah, it's not a gable, a dormer. So there's a window up there. So the dormer projects off the roof, and that's to let light in the entryway. But if you go right into the kitchen, there's another dormer. <sighs> Excuse me. And that dormer is to let light in the kitchen. So during the day, sunlight, because it faces west, will pour through the windows and light up those two areas. Now, because I have a portion in the front of my house, the, until the sun starts going down, light does not come into the living room through the windows like it does through those dormers. So, <clears throat> there's a chandelier that's 12 feet off the tile. So, from the tile floor up, to like 12 feet. So, I had to go buy a ladder today that was 12 feet tall. And the freaking thing was like $300 and plus some change uh, for that thing. And... Oh, oh, excuse me. And there's four light bulbs in it. I spent almost $100 on light bulbs. They're freaking crazy expensive now because I buy LEDs, save money, and to last longer because you don't want to be changing these light bulbs on a regular basis because they're 12 feet off the ground. Yes, yes, 12 feet. And it's, this, it's a globe. It has this glass globe. And... The lights are suspended into the glass globe, um, and the globe's of almost two feet tall, and it's uh, it's really tricky because you have to unscrew some screws and take a frame apart, then lower the glass dome down so you can get to the bulbs, and you change the bulbs, and you have to bring it back up. Put you know screws through holes. Put these little knobs on the end. So it's a pretty involved thing. Well, I did those first, and then I went into the dining room area and breakfast nook, to be more accurate. And I changed those light bulbs because I like bright white light. You know, I like it to be very bright. 
So then I went into the kitchen, and there's a ceiling fan that hangs in the kitchen, and that takes four bulbs. <sighs> so I got the largest, brightest uh, light bulbs I could find, and I changed them out from that fixture. The light bulbs that were in the fixture weren't bad, but they were those curly Q type of fluorescents, which I don't like, so I threw them in the trash to hell with them. But that's not what this podcast is about. I don't know why I spent almost five minutes telling you all this BS. Doesn't matter. We'll get right down to brass tacks now. I want to talk about time. Um, <laughs> because there's some serious ironies um, in relation to time. Um, people's, well, some people, not everybody. Um, <sighs> folks, <clears throat> I took a muscle relaxer. I think this thing's kicking my rear end. Um, most people are governed by time. Um, they're controlled by time. Their lives are managed by time. That's why even I wear a wristwatch. It's just so I can see what time it is. Don't like pulling the phone out all the time. Um, so time is a very important um, factor in life. It really is. Um the cost of things um, is driven by time. Something takes longer, it costs more. Um, distances are measured in time. They're also measured in miles and feet and all that, but they're measured in time too. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because you would think that in a world which is governed by time. I mean, everything is measured with time. Um, and there's even mathematical formulas which, um, are, which are used to uh, determine the relationship between time and the production of something or the quality of something, um, the, the growth rate of something. Um, so there's many applications where time like I said, it is, is everything is dependent upon time because time affects everything in, the, in its own unique way, but time does affect everything that happens in this life because that time is what we use to measure. And everything in this life is measured by time in one way or another. Okay, now we get that out. The reason I'm telling you this is because you would think that with this existence and people's, you know, recognition of time and how it affects and interacts and then plays into, you know, this life that we have, you would think that people would be just, you know, Nazis on keeping track of time and, and utilizing you know, what the time they had to do the most important things they could with the greatest efficiency and precision, you would think that would be the case. But it's not. It's really not. There's an inverse relationship uh, with time um, and the way it's, you know, the way it's viewed and the way it is applied, uh, whether a younger person or an older person. Younger people because they seem to think they have all this time, and because of their youthful appearance, their ability to drink like fishes and wake up at four in the morning and go to work, 
In other words, the ability that their physical body, their mind, um, and then their dexterity, those types of things, younger people don't seem to be too, and I say too, concerned about time frames. They're, they're just not. They feel almost um, insulated from the, you know, from the act. In a, they feel almost insulated from the consequences of mis misusing their time or from the very thing that time will will take. Yes, and time doesn't really take things tangible. Time is more like when somebody's running a race, time is elapsed. So moment to moment, we're, we're using the time, and once we use it, it's gone. It's it. It's done. Um, now, because of the fluidity of time and the way it, it interacts with us, we don't realize consciously, unless we stop and think about it, we don't uh, think about it consciously as that second that just went by or that day or week or month, we'll never have it again because it always seems to be coming to us. So because there seems to be this inexhaustible supply of time, um, especially with younger people, their perception is, is that they have plenty of time. That's the perception. Um, because of their, you know, because of their youth and their health, their vigor, their, you know, physical beauty, um, some of them, um, and how quickly they're able to process things, how aware they are of, th of things. Well, they used to be a lot more, well, they used to be a lot more aware when I was a kid than they ever are now. The point is this, is that because of all these things, Younger people feel like they have a tremendous, they have lots of time, plenty of time. Ah, what's the rush? I go, you know, I'm, I'm only 22 or whatever. It's an illusion because nobody has time. Time is not something that you can own. The function of time is simply as the means to measure. That's it. You can't save time. You know, you can't hurry up time. You can take your time, but it's not yours. So all these terms that people use to describe time and their influence on it or ownership of or whatever, it's all false. Time is independent of us. It's strictly a measuring, a unit of measure. That's it. Yeah. To help us stay organized and to apply ourselves, to use use our, our opportunities. Um, and that's why time is so important. Now, as people begin to get older and they get a little experience and what have you, then you see people paying more attention to not just time, more attention to the time frames that they work in. Because people think of time in a universal sense. But the truth of the matter is, is that the time, well, take a day, for instance. We know there's 24 Hours in a day, in 15 minutes, by the way. We know that. So what a person will do is they'll take the 24-hour block, which they call a day, and they will dissect it into different amounts of time. For instance, they may say, okay, I'm going to sleep at 10 o'clock on Thursday, and let's see, 10, so 2, and, and I'll wake up at 6 in the morning on you know, Thursday, Wednesday, 
So they go to bed at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, 10 p.m., and they wake up at 6 a.m. on Wednesday, the meaning they got their eight hours of sleep, um, they get a shower, they go to work, and they get to work at 7.30. So what they do is, and what we do, I should say, is we take days, which are 24-hour blocks, and we organize them as to how we're going to use the time we think we have. Um, so a person will say, yeah, we go to bed at 10 on, on Tuesday, I get up at 6 on Wednesday, um, then I'm by, uh, by 7.30, I'm at work, and I have to work till 6.30. In other words, that is how t- time is viewed. Even though we don't own it, we can't control anything. We can only control the, control the events in our life, and we can only measure those events by using the unit of measure of time. You know, second, minute, hour, uh, day, week, month, year, decade, century. That's how we have partitioned time as a, as a measure, unit of measure. So we can track what we're doing and apply ourselves and have some sense of control and responsibility. The problem is with the younger people is that preparation to be old retakes a period of time. Um, For instance, when you're in your 20s, you will be into your 50s. If 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 you're 20 years old, you get a you know decent job, and you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. You aren't screwing around. You're you know you get a 401k, you get a Roth IRA, you get some investments going. So at 20 years old, that's the game. That's what's going on. So what ends up happening is you continue on, um, and by the time you're in your 50s. You should have been able to um, manage your money and secure your money so you can, um, you'll be able to rather, in such a way so you will be able um, to retire. So by the time you're 55, you know in seven years, at least seven years, you will retire. That's 62. Now you can, you know, if you're 55, you can say, uh, I'm going to wait 10 years. And, you know, and then you retire at 65. You can do that stuff. I'm just saying that when you were 55 years old, um, you should have positioned yourself well um, so you can retire. And you, you know you have so many years left. So if you have to pick up speed or make some sacrifices, you can do that. And that's the whole purpose of doing that. You're looking to maximize your opportunities maximize your opportunity for retirement so when you do retire you can live a quiet life and not worry about having money to support yourself that's the whole that's the grand scheme of things unfortunately so many people in their 20s burn through their 20s doing very little to improve their future they they really don't they're partying they're having multiple partners um, they, they get fired. Now I'm 20, I can easily get a job. They get another job. So they have several jobs. And then when they hit 30, they still think they're 20 and they go on, continue with their riotous life. And then they're late thirties. Usually it's earlier for women, 
women start seeing the handwriting on the wall around 34, 35, they realize, hey, I'm freaking, they realize they don't look as attractive as they used to. And then maybe they put on a little bit of weight. Um, maybe their breasts are sagging and they're aware of that. Um, uh, you know, their hair, maybe their hair is starting to thin because they have um, diseases or maybe they had children. So now they have a little stomach um, and they, they think that, and well, they write rightfully so in some cases, um, they realize that they have aged and they are not the hot little tart that they were when they were younger. Um, it's a reality check for women around 34, 35. Men, maybe it's they drink the Kool-Aid or something, because men don't really feel their age and realize, hey, I'm older, until they're in their late four, maybe 45 to 50. Somewhere in there, men realize like, they can't run as fast as they did. They can't do this. They, can't, they can still, um, like maybe they could dive in the pool and, and go underwater all the way to the other end of the pool. They might be able to do that. Now they hit 46 years old, they dive in the pool, and halfway to the end they pop out because they need air. Um, or they, they, you know, the sports they used to do, um, they're winded now. It takes more effort. They're not as fast. They can't run up the mountainside like they used to. They have to walk, and they have to stop once in a while and rest. So men don't become conscious of their age, you know, of the aging process until they plateau on something where they lose the ability to do several things they used to be able to do. Then it's like, damn. Yeah, then they're all of a sudden they know. Women are very conscious of their appearance, and they, you know, they know that they're getting older, especially when they hit around 34, 35. They know, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to, pretty soon I'm going to be really old. I've had women tell me this. It's one of their fears, time and gravity. They'll, they'll say that they didn't realize, uh, but like one woman, a friend of mine told me, I didn't realize I was old till you told me, George. <laughs> I wasn't saying it to be mean. I was just trying to help her with some realities, and that's all. The, it's just a little, well, it's a little despairing. Because when people have riotous lives, okay, well, especially people who were, were abused and things like that, um, who had traumatic childhood, whether it was sexual or physical or emotional, whatever the abuse was, um, when they become young adults, they usually go nuts. I mean, they just go crazy and do all kinds of things, blow money. And just all kinds of stuff. Um, and then as they mature, some of them like snap out of it and they realize, like this one woman who's a friend of mine said, I just needed to accept the fact that no matter what I did, they were going to check me out and, and lick their lips and all this. She works at uh, a place where there's a lot of men and she's attractive. So, you know, these men would be wiping their mouth like they just, you know, had her for dessert or they'd be looking at her they look at her uh, her face and then they'd nod like hello and she'd nod and then they would look her down and up and down and up and then you go yeah so in other words 
she just felt like she couldn't go anywhere in that freaking company because all these predator men were there. Um, but she rose above it. She just said, I just had to say to myself, uh, ignore them. Don't give them any nothing. Don't give them any attention. Don't give them any heed. Just ignore them and freaking go on doing what I'm doing. Um, squat, don't bend over, which is the things that, you know, she used to do. Um, she said, you know, when you go to pick something up, it was just natural to bend over and pick it up. But with this crowd, I realized I had to squat down to pick things up because they were waiting for me to bend over. And I said, that's freaking ridiculous. What the hell's wrong with these people? I mean, because I've said this before, I'll say it again. All men, unless they're fags, look at women. That's just a fact. Uh, it's just a fact. Um, and some men look like, you know, they want to do all kinds of weird stuff to the woman. Other men look like they just want to get have a one-light stand. It's a different types of way men are. Some men just look at them and think, yeah, she's she's pretty. And they leave it at that. And they don't say anything to her. They don't lick their lips. They don't catcall. They just look and because she's attractive. It's pleasant to look at her. And they don't stare and check her out and look at her rear end and do all that kind of stuff. They just look and they take her in as a person um, and then they leave her alone. They might, my thing is, if I see an attractive woman, I look at her. If she turns and looks at me, I'll nod my head to say hello. Then I won't pay any attention to her. I'll just ignore her. Because I wasn't looking at her for anything other than appreciating her beauty. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. And that's what I usually tell men who struggle with women. I'll say, you need to make yourself just look at her for her being pretty and leave it at that. Don't let your freaking mind wander. Because if you do, then you're going to be thinking about all kinds of stuff you want to do to her. And then I said, it's not good. You shouldn't do stuff like that. I get for the woman, too, to feel she can't have the freedom to go where she wants to go because she's going to be predatored. Yeah, so it works against both people. My advice was going to be, and I think I'll say this, my advice would be, and this is the advice to give people when I'm working with people who are trying to get their lives in gear. Um, as, as a person, I'll say to them, um, what goals have you set for yourself? And they'll go, goals? I don't play football. And then I'll laugh. And I'll see. Uh, I can tell. Um what are you going to set goals for? Well, here's the thing, because if you sit down and physically write goals on a piece of paper, statistics show that you're more likely to do them if you write them down. Statistics say and show that you're more likely to do something and be consistent at it if you write it down and map it out. Monday, the gym, Tuesday, the gym, Thursday, the gym, Wednesday, Thursday. So in other words, if you organize yourself and you set these things as goals, you're more apt to do them. That's one. The second thing I would say is you need to look at your life and see where you lack. Be honest with get a Get a freaking notepad so you can keep a journal. And for the first time you write in the journal, write down pro on the far left and con on far left beneath it leave about four spaces three spaces on the pros write all the things that are you know that are pro to you you know so maybe you'll say honest um caring whatever describes you then on the con which is below it you write 
the things about yourself that are negative. And it could be anything. It could be, you know, being late for work several times a month. It could be, you know, your inability to cook. You know, you're playing with yourself. Whatever it is you want to put that needs to be worked on and overcome, that's what you list. And then after you do, after you do that, you take a separate piece of paper or you turn the page and you write pro and then underneath you write con. And then you write the things that you think you should do in order to conquer it. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the pro side, how can you be a better pro person? How can you be more confident? How can you be more uh, honest, you know, more, more compassionate? Whatever it is you determined as a pro about you, the pro side is you're looking to just improve it. You're already kind, but can you be more kind? You know, you, you're tremendously compassionate. Can you be more compassionate? That's what you do. Now, on the con side, you look at those things and you say, and I say singly, you say in your mind, what can I do to overcome this? Yeah. How can I change? Like people who lie all the time. I know people that lie every, almost every breath they take comes out a freaking lie. It drives me nuts, too. Because they'll tell me these outrageous freaking stories. Um, like this one guy was saying, yeah, you know, I don't mess around, man. I freaking, you piss me off, I'll whip your ass. And I said, really? You go around, you know, with the mentality you're going to whip people's rear ends if they freaking, you know, give you a hard time or disrespect you or whatever. He goes, I'll throw down on that son of a, you know. I couldn't believe it. I thought, what a way to live your life. Um, for too many reasons, I won't know. But I, I just told them, I said, well, if if you're walking around, you know, to, to, well, if you're walking around professing to, to defend yourself against being insulted or whatever, you're going to be fighting every moment of your life because people are, that's just the way people are. So uh, I said, I'd be trying to overcome this freaking urge to get people's rear ends because you don't like what they're saying. Um, not a guy said, because some guys, you think you're going to roll around in the dirt and fight with them. They're going to beat the living snot out of you. I said, you need, you need to be wearing a gun if you're going to talk stupid like that. It's the same for all of us, though. We need to do those charts. Now, P, uh, sorry. Now, there are quite a few people who I know, who are friends of mine, who I talk to, who refuse to do the list. Yeah, They tell me, I, don't, I already know what I need to do. I don't need a list. Well, here's the, here's the freaking, uh, what do you call that? Here's the newsflash. It's not a matter of whether you feel you need it. It's a matter of that it can benefit you. Oh, here, how well organized you are you can be improved upon. So as far as these guys making these proclamations, um, it needs to be improved upon. Um, and I'll say this in closing because i got to get to bed. I'm just, stuff is caught up with me. Those muscle relaxers, I can't take them. They wipe me out. I'm getting wiped out. So I'll finish with this statement. Focus on yourself. Do the pro and con thing. 
Get the separate sheet of paper. Set goals. How to improve the pro and how to overcome and conquer the con part of you. Um, and when you're working on that, work on assessing whether something is important and needs your attention right this moment. Um, they used to say in the Air Force, there's three categories. Need it now, urgent, and mandatory, you know, essential. You need to do that with yourself. You need to determine what things in your life are inconsequential, what things are consequential, what things are necessary, and what things are emergencies, and what things are mandatory. Sort that stuff out um, so you can be prepared, you know. Anyways, that's all I can say. It's, it's your life. You'll have to make the choices. But I can tell you, um, once you start doing this, you'll see the change in yourself. You become more responsible. You become more honest. It will help you in all all places in your life. It really will, if you're willing to do the work. Okay, that's it. Sayonara.